G'day punters and welcome back for another episode of Trash Talk. And I'll tell you what, I wish we could have done another episode in between because mm. I hate to go back on the past, but we'll touch it. I have to. And it's something that I don't want to touch for the 10-foot pole, but I will. Yep. Game three of the Melbourne United versus Sydney Kings series was the single most disappointing thing I have ever seen from the NBL. You weren't the only one to be throwing that out there. A lot of people on Twitter, a lot of journalists uh, came out and said a lot of things. And look, it was just obviously reading what people were saying, watching the game. We wanted something special from that rivalry, didn't we? And well, I We got something special, but it was from the wrong dudes. The refereeing in that game was absolutely atrocious. And not just atrocious, but so favoured towards the Kings that it was almost unbelievable. And a lot of uh, like Melbourne fans obviously jumped on feeling the same way. And the other- Not just Melbourne fans. No, the no, worst part yeah, of it was, and, and I'll cut you off here a little bit because I'm just I yeah, no, so angered by that, what happened during that game. But bipartisan fans, fans that had no vested, fans that didn't have a dog in the fight. People, I was with a whole bunch of people that didn't watch the NBL. And even they watched that game and thought, shit, something's up here. This is weird. And I'm not suggesting anything of that nature, but I'm just saying that whether the refs got intimidated by the crowd, intimidated by the moment, I don't know what it was. But that was the worst refereeing performance that I've ever seen in this league. It was the big calls. <laughs> You're was, sitting there saying, what do I say without losing my job? <laughs> the big calls late is what I was disappointed in. I'm, I have to pull the point out. The Kevin Lish offensive foul. Disgusting. Is, when you have so many of them called throughout the game, that one was so pivotal and made worse that he managed to turn around and hit a massive three ball to give them the lead late. And there's the thing. Look, Melbourne had shots down the oh, stretch to win. And that's the, the hardest time. thing with this in terms of... Because I am complaining about the refs, yes. But I'm not saying does Sydney not deserve to be in the finals. Sydney deserve to be in the finals. Yeah, They deserve to be well, in the finals way more than Melbourne do. Well, Melbourne... The biggest thing is they should have won game one and it wouldn't have even got That's to that there. situation. There's no need to get to that situation. Right. And, and you know what? You need luck. If you are going to win a championship, you 100%. always need luck. So yeah. that to be able to come back, there's luck involved in coming back from 16 points down with six minutes to go, whatever, whatever it was. There's luck involved in that. There's luck involved with calls going your way in that game. But I just cannot voice my frustration enough. Oh, no, you're doing a good job. That we, <laughs> no, there's a lot of things that I will not touch with this. <laughs> But we have so many people watching this game. Like, it was at a perfect time. A perfect time. There was nothing taking away from it. And we'll touch on things taking away from the spectacle of what is the NBL as we go later on with this podcast. But there was nothing. This was the highlight of the night. This was what everyone was watching. And they dish that shit up. Dean Vickman had some pretty strong but smart words in Very the press smart. conference. I would not have held myself together as well as Dean Vickman did if I was on the receiving end. Just of saying that how you garbage. do need the communication because you want. We could talk about consistency throughout the whole year, and you watch back game two and even game one to an extent. A lot of physicality was let play, which is what we want in finals. You want everything to ramp up and let yeah. unless someone's getting decked or. But the coolest thing when that happens is to have it. For both sides, right, exactly. But that's what I'm saying is like that's we had that in the in the first two games, and then Melbourne Melbourne's physicality at the start of game two was enormous, and it just stemmed obviously to that massive blowout win. weren't allowed to get away with the same amount in game three at the start, and then it just stemmed from there, and it felt like they were fighting an uphill fight. And as you said, they still had chances to win, but take nothing away that that should have been already over. Or Sydney, they're top of the table for a reason in the league they should be in a grand final well, top of the table we haven't so we've seen some weird stuff from them in the finals it hasn't been the, the Sydney Kings of the regular season does not appear to be the Sydney Kings we are watching they're being taken advantage of on those drop screens just like we said would happen during the regular season they found a way to make that work but it doesn't seem like that's working and again I'm digressing all over the place because I'm rattled 
at what I witnessed in that game three. And it left such a bad taste in my mouth that I felt sick watching it. I felt sick because we've all been involved in games where we just feel like we are copying the raw end of the deal. Oh, every, but any, I feel, any I feel league, for, any and, league, and again, yeah. people think that I'm going against Sydney. I could not care less whether Melbourne won that game or Sydney. I do not have a dog in that fight. Your dog was Cairns in there. My dog was Cairns. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got put down later on by Perth. <laughs> My dog is Cairns in this entire final series. Yeah. I did not care who won that, that game between, Perth and Mel- between Sydney and Melbourne. I cared that it was a good spectacle for the league because at the end of the day, and a lot of people wonder why I'm so outspoken on a lot of the negative aspects that we have on the league, because not many people do it. Because of things I've pointed out in previous podcasts and got in trouble for. There oh, are yeah. certain reasons why certain things are not brought up because of the way this whole system is designed. Well, you're a smart. And you are just not. No, well, you touch are a smart that. man. I'm. <laughs> I'm going from what I read and saw from other fans, and people were saying, "Hang on, Sean Long took bad threes down the stretch. Uh, Melo Trimble took bad shots." Sean Long sat for about 10 minutes in a crucial period with foul trouble and to come in and they were wide open threes they've been making. They're going to be hard to make when you've been sitting down for so long. They had 11 free throws in the first quarter. So it was like you had to start resting guys. They put Joe Achul in who wasn't hitting the shots that he was in the first two games. So everything had to change for Melbourne and it was like they were fighting an uphill fight. And Sydney did what the eventual leaders of the league should do. They managed to take care of business and then... We'll get on to... Is that the next topic? The, the next game? The next game? Yeah, that usually is where we're, we're well, going to no, move I'm on. Not sure. we're, not, we're not going to touch... Look, and, and no disrespect to the Perth Can series. I think that it, it followed that home, 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 just like we thought it was. It, it kind of just like there's nothing really to talk about with it because it was as expected. Completely as expected. What wasn't expected was Cam, Oliver and Bryce Cotton to be zero points each at halftime. No, that not was at all. definitely no, that not. is a, that is a betting man's nightmare. Um, Mirko Jerich went off. He was really good. Um, I would love to see Cairns keep the majority of players. Obviously, that they can just because they can build something special. I don't think they keep Cam Oliver. Well, don't keep Cam Oliver. I've had word that Scott Machado could be staying. Oh yeah, from what I've heard, we what a, I've heard, we had a talk to him on the uh, awards night. He seemed to love what Cairns delivered. We love Cairns, but he gave us nothing that was saying that you know I'm hanging around. It was sort of like that. And, and I wonder just, uh, whether I wonder whether there's been money from the NBL chipped in, sort of like the Next Stars program, yeah. because it's a community based model. I wonder whether more money's been chipped in from elsewhere to keep Scott Machado. Because at the end of the day, you're going to seek your market value, and I'm not sure whether Cairns on their own could afford the market value that is that is Scott Machado, the fans MVP. Yeah, and he loves winning and he loves having like and I think him and DJ Newby will probably both stay. That's his second year DJ yeah. in there, so they'll probably stay. Keep the rest of that young core, Blagojevic, all those young guys who got a little bit of a chance, but they started to build something special. So if they can keep Cam Oliver as well, whew, but I anyway, don't think we, they we've, will. we've touched Sorry. on the, we've touched on the past, we've touched on the future. Yeah. Right now, <laughs> the present. The present. And I, I lie. We're going to talk about game one, which already happened. So it's technically the future. But it is the present series. Thoughts, queries, concerns with everything that went on. I know I have got a multitude of everything in that You category. are on fire today. No, I think... Well, I'm dressed like a middle-aged dad. I feel like a boomer right now. You this are. like an ASOS $7 shirt. Is it? That's nice. It's um but Perth, this is what happens. Everyone writes Perth off. We, people wrote them off even in game three. And then they're like, well, they'll probably lose game one. It's over in Sydney. All that kind of stuff. But that's not how Perth operate. No, they just no, have no, no. so many guys who have been there and done that. But I'll touch on one thing about that game. Sydney's team MVP, Sean Tate, has to drive that ball, that last oh, possession. Oh, God. That was as soon as I saw him catch it with no disrespect to Wagstaff, great player. And again, again, 
believe equal David Stiff with his record if Perth win this championship. He had an open lane to the rim. Even if Bryce it was, Cotton was yeah. the only guy on the other side, Bryce Cotton, no disrespect, he's not a rim defender. Even if he was a one-on-one with Wagstaff, he's still got to be able to take that, put heat on the rim. Because they weren't down three. Were they? No, they were, no. They, were, they were down two, and he yeah. gave a handoff to a player who was 0 of 9 and a player who has consistently failed to hit big shots in big games in Casper Wett. Well, they just... You're right, he wasn't hitting anything. But I'm that's my thing is just Sean Tate. And we're gonna when we dig deeper into this series, especially game one, Bogut played out of his mind. Like Bogut was elite. They were back to the that was He's the been Bogut. there, done that. There's this sort of pressure that's what we expected. nothing to him. And it, that's what we expected yeah, from him. He's waited for this. Is he gonna be able to produce that every game of this series? Is my biggest thing. Once it gets into the Friday, Sunday, then I'm not sure. But you've got to remember that in my opinion, this is Bogut's last year. There's gonna be that much cortisone rolling through that back that I think he's going to be fine for every game I, I have no issues I'm with, sure he'll play yeah I'm just yeah, but I have no, no issues with, with his production he was 18-12-4 I believe and played really well and I think that that was Sydney's game to really just set a tone of saying look Bogues is here we're going to take this game one and we're going to go back there and try and steal game two because now momentum's gone. I still think I still think Sydney can win a game in Perth I don't know whether it'll be this one I think Perth will probably go up Two zero, just because they they've been here, they've done this, and they don't. They've lost games in regular season at home, but when it comes to finals, they're a different animal. They are, and I tell you what, I'm not going to break the game down in terms of you know Perth should do this, Sydney should do this, because if you want to see that, go listen to Liam Santa Maria on overtime. He does, yeah, he, yeah, does we're a, not he does a fantastic job. Uh, of breaking well, we will down. later on. I've got something to say. He does a fantastic job of breaking down absolutely every single little thing that each team needs to do, and it sometimes shocks me that he isn't a coach. <laughs> At some of the stuff, if you see some of the stuff that Liam writes, turns out being exactly what should be on done. scouting, yeah, on scouting reports and that sort of stuff. So if you want those analytics, then go there. But the thing I want to talk about is what's happening off court with the Kings, and we'll compare them both right now. The Perth Wildcats. You look at the way that Sydney acted after they beat Melbourne in Game Three. I'm all good for emotion. You know, I love getting passionate and up mm. and about, yelling at the camera. Casper Ware yelling at the coaching staff for Melbourne. Even Sean Bruce, who I, don't get me wrong, I love Sean Bruce, yelling at the camera after the game, all this sort of stuff up and about, geeing up in the handshake lines against Melbourne. You know what Perth do? No real celebration once they win. We've got bigger things to do. Was You know what happened when they, they come into this game against Perth? They get humbled. Sydney got humbled by Perth. Completely and utterly humbled. You know what Perth did after they won? One of the most unwinnable games, which is a road game in an NBL grand final series. Very, very rarely won. I'm not sure the exact statistic, but it's like 38 and 2 home teams winning. Well, there was winning. one out of nine you know what previously. Did? Yeah. They go straight to the fucking baseline, warm down. None of this celebrating stuff. Bryce Cotton's not jumping up and around, acting like a fool. They just go straight down there. You know what I see on Twitter this week? I see personnel from the Sydney Kings talking and going back at media people and not going back like, you know, offensive stuff. But engaging in that sort of stuff on Twitter. You know what I don't see from the Wildcats who have won championship after championship after championship? Any sort of reaction to the outside world. You know what LeBron does? That zero dark 30 where they just shut their phones off for the final series? I think Sydney need to maybe take a look out of that notebook because it seems to work. And it seems to work for Perth, this no bullshit sort of strategy. I want anyone who's listening to our podcast for the first time, jump on to watch it on YouTube. The veins going through Felix today in the first 10 minutes have been insane. But I've got a couple of things on that. Because it I annoys think- me. Because, I, I, again, people think I have a dog in this fight. I don't care who wins out of Perth or City. You know what the craziest thing is? I love the Perth Wildcats. But for the benefit of the league, I want Sydney to win the championship. Yeah, right. Because I want that market to be Something able to new, grow yeah. 
and flourish. Mm. I want Sydney to do not get that twisted. I would be happier for the league growth if Sydney won the championship. It just annoys me when I see outside influence and getting obsessed with what we're saying here or what people are saying, what Liam Santa Maria says on Twitter. Don't worry about that shit. Focus on what you need to do on court. And it seems like that stuff creeps in because Sydney are far better than what they've produced so far in this final series. So I want to go back to when you're saying about the carry-on. I want to give a... I do agree, but I think a little bit to the fact of the Sydney-Melbourne rivalry. What Perth cans isn't a rivalry. No, no, but not, in, not even that. Like, like, I remember the chop wood thing that Weaver tweeted. Yeah. That one. Chris Pongrass going on... Liam Santa Maria posted a thing about being 0-2, which is almost like a joke tweet. I saw that. Because though, it, was, yeah. it was a three-game yeah. series, so 0-2 means you've won the series. So it was kind of a joke tweet from Liam. And then commenting back saying, like, oh, there's only been one game. Just leave it. Focus. Wait, you can say whatever you want. And I'll tell you what I also look forward to. People, I hope they come at me after Game 5. If it goes to Game 5 and Sydney win. Because I'd love nothing more than if, if I was in that position to come at someone that has been supposedly a hater <laughs> after you win, which I haven't. I, I've just, in, in my opinion, I've told... The facts and what I believe, but I, I can see how it could be perceived as that because I am quite negative at times with a lot of things. I just don't tend to on this well, podcast. As, I leave the positives for you. Well, you've I've always been a positive guy, but you, as you said, you don't have a dog in this fight, so you say no. how you feel. I spoke to Damian Martin three weeks ago, and right before finals, um, we had a little chat on radio, and he was saying, "I was like, how do you get the team locked in for finals and stuff?" And he said, "We've got tunnel vision to what we want to achieve." So it's almost like. Them beating cans are just like, that's what we do. Tick. That's why we don't see it's anything of that. It's ticking boxes until you win the chip. Any game, even a buzzer beater, you feel like they wouldn't carry on. They're, it's the tunnel vision from the Perth Wildcats. It's been that way for a decade. But then you, you see, because they've had so much success doing it, they've been there. They've done that. Sydney hasn't done it. So Sydney celebrating their first playoff win was game one. So then their first playoff series since 2008. And celebrate... And, and, and celebrate games like that but do it in a respectful manner I didn't. I thought some of the carry on especially yeah. and I'm also hearing this for, to be truthful hearing this from third parties yeah. I was not there at the game so I cannot completely 100% confirm or deny but I trust the people that told me what went on and it was bipartisan I heard stuff too yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. it wasn't like I'm speaking no, to people from I'm, Melbourne who are telling no, me no. what happened here I'm talking um, obviously about Perth and, and the, I think that's what makes Perth so good and then they're going to come in to take care of business on Friday they know that if they lose both games this weekend, they're right on the back foot. They have the front foot right now. And if they win back-to-back championships, it just... I, you can't even say it solidifies them as one of the greatest teams ever no, in Australia. Because they've already been yeah, there and yeah, done that. It's, it's what they are. It's just, unfortunately, the NBL's position in the social sporting landscape that they're not regarded in. Like, you know, if an AFL team had the same sort of success that the Perth Wildcats have had, mm. it, it'd be unfathomable. Yeah. The sort of the, the sort of well, well, now media we, attention we go and, to and that sort of stuff. The, this game on Friday night coming back to Perth, so the game two, which before is before we leave that last oh, one. Sorry. The one thing that I do want to say is that one of my favourite quotes is "Act like you've been here before." Yeah, that sort of saying, "Act like you've been here before." That is on that is the Perth Wildcats. That should be on their city jersey if they <laughs> if they win. That should be on their city jersey. But a man that we have barely spoken about all year, he was amazing in game one, and he'd be good on game two. Tariko White. <laughs> Just pops up out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And just says, you know what? Did this in the grand final last year. Didn't miss. It was ridiculous. And I was like, you know what? Fair enough. All fair play to you. Here's your ring. Got off our court. And then I was like, we'll come back next year. Have a big year. Didn't. No. Did nothing all year. <laughs> Wertho called it. I remember when we did, we did the podcast with me, Wertho, on Homicide sitting here. Oh. Wertho called it. We were bagging out Tariko. I said Tariko needs to be on a flight home yeah. at one point during that year. He said, nah, he's done this every single league he plays in. He comes and he shows up for the finals. Bang. 
So if I'm Perth, done it again. Sign him for seven games to qualify. Just do that. Literally, just sign him for seven games. Get him Pain, in there because yeah. he's, he's a big type. And there's not many players with the clutch ability of Tariqo White. He's mm. hit big shots in 2018 in that series, mm. and he's hit big shots last year. He's just a big time player. Yeah. So then, do you give Sydney much of a chance on Friday night? I don't know. I, I just find it extremely hard in the jungle. Well, and, and, and in finals, a, in finals, in finals, there's yeah. a reason why the home teams. And I think Sydney let it slip. I think Sydney, and whether we call it an emotional hangover, maybe when you look at the. the Heroics and everything that was going on after that game. There mm. is such a thing as an emotional yeah, hangover. For sure. So if Sydney can steady the ship, then I think they're a chance because these are the two best road teams in the league. So I'm still giving them a chance. I think Perth will win, but I'm still giving them somewhat of a chance. Yeah, well, you look at the last two years, the grand final series we were a part of was everyone won at home. And then last year, except for game four where Perth win, um, to seal the thing. And if we're shouting out Tariko White, we need to shout out Kevin Lish, another guy who, again... Oh. Float under the radar for the season. A lot yeah. of people saying, you know, is the calf ready to go? Stepped up when he was needed. Unlucky to not get the winner times there for Perth. For, uh, no, he was Sydney, massive. But he was he was huge. And when he started going, I thought this is Sydney's game. They kind of had things kind of sorted out in terms of like Boga was playing well. Uh, Cooks had 11 boards. Sean Bruce had 11 off the bench. They kind of had... Well, the difference in the game was Casper. Yeah. And if Casper shows up Sydney and makes, that. makes yeah. three. Yeah. Three out of 10 from and the three-point line, they're fine. If Casper makes one out of ten and that one shot is the final <laughs> shot there, oh, no. they win the game. You only nothing, needed to make one. If you make that, no one remembers what you've missed before. No one remembers. And you know what? You get called a big game player, even though you go over nine. <laughs> That's just how the sport works. Anyway, in play or out of bounds, this is one that means mm. a lot to me. The final setup that we have at the moment. And before I get into this, it is very easy to cast stones from my position because I have no role in the management. I don't yep. know all the details of what goes on behind the scenes, the renting of venues, the availability of all this sort of stuff. But the in a perfect world, the NBL final setup right now kills the momentum. And I'm not talking about the week off. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the, the way that it goes game, 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 game. How, how would you like it? We need it 2-2-1. Two, 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 right. In the, in the final series. Because right now... and, and the issue is that we needed to take it almost over a week, which is the hard thing because right now, when we run into this point of the year, we clash with the Women's Cricket 2020 final. Yeah, yeah. The Grand Prix Yeah. on this Sunday's game, which yeah. could be a decider. And then AFL Round 1, the holy grail of media bukakis, <laughs> is AFL Round 1. Someone could drop their boots on the way to practice and it is front page. They are not ready to play. That sort of thing. Yeah. That is how much it dominates the media landscape. So my issue here is, and, and fans will come to the game no matter what. You know, the, the, the crossover between the Grand Prix and fans going to the NBA no, is not yeah. big. The crossover between the women's T20 and a game in... Sydney, not big. I, but the issue is the media landscape and the NBL final should be front page of the paper because it is the the trophy of the league. We talk about the whole league culminates into this fest. I'm trying not to use the word clusterfuck, but clusterfuck <laughs> of media availability and everything. This is the biggest thing that happens this year. It is the final series. The best thing about basketball is we have these series. We don't just have one game. We have a series. So it builds up. There's individual storylines within a championship run. That is killed because, and I'm not blaming the media on this, because these are bigger events than what the NBL is right yeah. now. We need to take advantage. What's on today? Absolutely fuck all on tonight. But here's the thing. Have the game tonight. From I'm going with a logistical standpoint as well. If you go 2-1 two, two, and it's going to be a midweek game, two of them will have to be midweek games. Yeah. 
as we've seen in the past already for a game uh, home away, home away, people are like, oh, well, I'll get tickets to game three. So you're going to get people like, oh, I'll just come to game two. It's in two days' time. Yeah, but that's what happens anyway. Yeah, but I know right it's now Sydney, be like, Sydney did a great job of getting 11,000 because if they're going to go, if I'm, if I'm in Sydney and I'm buying tickets and game three is a potential championship game decider, I'm buying tickets to game three because no matter what, that could be a, it's going to be a more influential game in the series. Yeah. So which, getting 11,000 was a great job by Sydney. Yeah, well, we, but I'm saying it'll be more magnified because it's going to be a midweek game as well. So it, all may, it might go fully to help. It might even out from 11,000 to be five and a half at each. Yep. Uh, or it, if it goes that other way, all at one game and barely any at the other. So I don't know how it would work. Oh, there is, also, you raise a good point. And, we, good and point. we don't have... We don't play like the NBA throughout the season of so many games in a course of a, a small time frame. So... People's bodies, especially the older guys, aren't ready for that. They're professional athletes, man. They're ready to go. No, I'm with you. I'm They're just ready saying to from go. the That's, other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, I'm sure. No, I guarantee. I, don't think it hurts the I guarantee you the fact that Sydney lost. They're sitting there on Sunday night, and like shit. I wish we could play on Tuesday. Yeah, but for the, sure, the people who are involved in these sort of decision-making processes, I'm sure there's some sort of middle ground because obviously it's not a perfect world. You cannot just do this. Well, it would have been because if they could do this, I, I, I like to think that the NBL has run well enough where they would have done it. Yeah, and if if you take out the fever thing, I've seen your, some of your tweets saying that no, if there's no no NBL players. Let's keep playing uh, yeah, that's, through that's the FIBA a, break. Yeah, no NBL players in there. And I just New Zealand. And yeah. and We're not going to pander to New Zealand. But, <laughs> it's, is- but then you're going to end up with potential game five on a Grand Prix day. It would have been this year. It would have been if you had if Yeah, you but had you that schedule one. that away. Yeah, if you right. give an extra day's rest, you give an extra day's rest. We're a league that just does... It. We're sort of a league that does whatever we want. When but, we talk about Looney Tunes, jerseys, this, that, nah. open air game. We can we can go two two days break and then a random three day break. That doesn't matter. I think the fans are conditioned enough to know that right now this league is run by we're not we're not like a governing body doesn't control. Like you look at soccer and the issues they have. Yeah, A league sure. with the FFA. Well, we took over. We don't have that. We took over from A league this year. I believe from a, by far. Which is by but far. I, but we're still as the NBL building into this Australian sporting culture that is dominated by AFL rugby this kind of stuff. So we're still building from 2015. There was there wasn't there was about to be zero NBL ever. So it was almost like we're trying yeah. to still find our feet in it. Which and I'm Lord sure 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 will come in time. We're still trying. But I agree with what you're saying. I just. People who actually know what the ins and outs and logistics, all that, will be able to figure that out. But I hope we get that eventually too. I hope we get seven games eventually. That'd be sick. <sighs> no, I think it's a while we get seven games. It's a while we get seven games. Save that for next. But anyway, week. it's time for hot or cold. Now, if you noticed during the during game three, mm. there was an entirely different set of referees yeah. than there had been yeah. in the previous games. Yep. So hot or cold, you need the same set of three officials ref game one all the way through to game three, game five if it's a grand final series. There is no need to change them. Certain teams have a flow. Why bring in new refs who don't know the flow of the series? No, I think I'm with you. I think it's hot. I think it needs to be that way. Uh, I was trying to think of the a side of it happens everywhere. It happens You're trying in to think all day. Too. There is absolutely nothing you could think to go against this one. No, the only thing is, is say in that game on something you have a bit of a go back to the ref you get teed up or a coach or something that's in the back of their minds for the next couple obviously it shouldn't you bring professional referees it shouldn't be but you see it in the AFL yeah. the bias a lot of positive Nat Fife but you have it to negative guys as well that you always get looked at it's the same NBA certain refs don't like certain players so uh, is it that how they do in the NBA I don't even know I can't even think about the playoffs I believe so I, right. I, yeah, so I, 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 I believe would be so for it you just roll first, through the same the main thing is you, you do it the first game and say it's you call everything. Everything's really soft. Or you let everything go. 
teams then know that we're going to practice oi we're doing it we have to adapt that's how they call game one they're going to call game two the same that's what I think would be a positive because no matter if it's really shit but you have to adapt to it because it's going to be the same guys doing game two and then you can go to them and adapt and we go from there that's where I think it'd be a very what is because no bones about it the effect I hate the term no bones about it and I just used it I'm wearing a dad polo and I've just used the dad term the officiating difference between the physicality of game two and the physicality of game three is yeah. what cost Melbourne mm. United a spot in the grand final series. You cannot look at that two ways. Yeah. You cannot say I was missed shots down the stretch. This team was playing far better than what Sydney was. Mm. And you even saw it throughout that game. They managed to hang around with a completely lopsided foul count. Yeah. That was Melbourne's game for the taking if that had been officiated, in my opinion, by a by I the like same it. crew the entire I like way through. I think I've seen some. I don't know whether you tweeted about it. Or I've seen some other people tweet I used about. To tweet, it. I was just firing out left, right, and um, during the but weekend. I do like it. I, I think it's a great thing to have. There's enough. We we see uh, the main guys that we see all the time refereeing that you can have. Oh, you three go to this one. You three go to that one. And then even still, it gives them a chance to have that consistency for whoever gets picked for the grand final. So it's almost like yeah, it's that you pick the best three refs and you roll from, through with them. I think yeah. that's a good chance as well. Or you pick four, I think, because there's a. There's a fourth umpire, I think, that sits. So you can rotate yeah, yeah, through. Yeah, the bench. So I like that. I'm hot. Oh, we actually have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> hot or cold? Will Weaver's post-game mm. comments. I'm going to let you take the role on this one. Now, I should have got the exact quote because I remember some people saying, but it was, they want to see if Bryce Cotton, they were talking about the coverage of the Kings. And Will Weaver did say that there will be some changes. Sure. You'd hope so. But he did say, we'll see if Bryce Cotton can keep this up. Now... He's averaging 33 against the Kings. Hmm. And he is the most in the league who can score in a variety of ways. He's the most gifted scorer besides maybe Scotty Hobson. He's the best Hobson. player in the league. Yeah. I think that's what you were trying to get to. But Because he can, if you're going to drop off, he can shoot the three. If you're going to come up, he's going to go around you. Or he's going to shoot the floater. Or he's going to knock down the mid-range. All extremely high percentages, extremely effective. And if you have to have someone to come help, he's going to find Clint Steindl. He's going to find those guys. So I think... It's a very bold thing to say because I think he will be able to keep it up. But I, he did he did say there'll be some. He's going to be able to keep it up. The dude is averaged 33. 33 points against them and mm. torched them every single time. And you know why he's torched them? Because they run that drop style of defense, and it works against every team in the NBL. It works against every team because no one else has a Bryce Cotton. No, it, it works against it. He almost it works against Perth. It just doesn't work against Bryce. It works against yeah. every other player Perth has. You can run. I'll, I'll, I'll back Tariko shooting that shot every single time. For like, sure. I love, don't get me wrong. Hasn't I, I done it consistently before. enough. I like the strategy. I just think that they've got to find something else. And <laughs> I feel stupid saying this because Will Weaver is a much better coach than I have the ability oh. to analyze a basketball game. But it's, there's just something here. It, it just seems, it seems flat obvious to someone who doesn't view basketball through that crazy analytical lens that some view it. Hmm. I view it in pretty simple terms. And for me, if I can notice that happening, it's, it's a bit strange. Well, we called this early in Trash Talk from I think the second game they played when Perth went into Sydney. Yeah. And it was just like, they can't do it against Bryce. Like Bryce is the one guy they can't play this uh, way. Even DJ Newbill heard him. And the, yeah, um, the only way they can really, I can see it change, they did it a few weeks ago, was whenever one of the bigs goes up. So say um, some Plumley's going up to set the screen. Instead of Bogut going up, you send Deshaun Tate off Nick K. So Bogut will X out. I'm, now I'm talking analytics. But it, leaves, <laughs> it lets Deshaun Tate switch onto him, which is a lot easier. Yeah, there's, there's methods and ways you can do it because you, you realistically can't have Bogut up there guarding a guy at the three We say line. this now it's and not, yeah. we, you watch them trap Bryce every, every time. Like, but yeah, well, that, that's to, the thing. Yeah. You've, you, you've, got to, you've got to try something and get Cairns trapped him at work. I think Sydney are a better defensive team. Than, they don't need to trap. They just need to make a little adjustment and maybe bring him up a bit Someone, what it is. Again, but, I'm talking about 
about what I, I've read. Someone randomly just put, why don't you put Didi on him? And I'm like, well, a bit longer. I, I don't mind. Maybe it opens up yeah, more I don't for mind Casper. That. I don't mind trying something like that. Um, I don't like Casper on him at all, purely because right now it takes him out of the offensive end for sure. Do I, do I think that Casper guarding Bryce Cotton is a thing that's taking him out of the, on the offensive end? No. I think that Casper has struggled in big games for a long time. Yeah. That's what I think this is. But I think you want to give him the best chance to load up because Casper can still, even though he has had a terrible run in a lot of finals games and a lot of big moments, he can win a game off his such a great player that he can win a game off his own hand. Yeah. If you let him go and he showed glimpses of it against Melbourne. Bad yeah. overall series, but glimpses of it. Big when he needed, yeah, yeah. That sort of stuff. And I'm thinking, Bryce also has it the best. As elite as he is, one of the best imports ever because he has Mitch Norn and Damian Martin to go and make other guards' lives yeah. hell. Like, he is in the best spot, which is why he signed for three years, which is why he's... Not why he's so good, he's just a freak. But big credit to Damian, Damian Martin. hit a massive three as well. Jesus, these that guys just war. know good, how to win, man. They, they know just, how to win, and that's the dangerous yeah. thing. They've been there, as I say to Sydney, act like yeah. you've been there before. Now, I finally have a positive. No, you've had a few. I know where you're going with this. A very, very rare positive, but I'm going to say hot or cold, but I don't even need to add it in there. The Sydney Kings ticket prices. I'm going to go ahead and say hot. This is a fantastic initiative by the Sydney Kings. Reasonably priced tickets. You look at some of the, the mm. numbers that have been thrown out right now. It was like 224 bucks for three tickets in Perth. <laughs> To that game, whereas guys are taking you know, sixty-two bucks for a family of four for Sydney. Yeah, that's what you need to be doing, and, and it's easy to say that's what you need to be doing, but that it, it takes some balls to actually get out there and do that. And I know Sydney have done the same thing with their memberships for next year. In a world where sporting teams are hiking up prices for demand, yeah. when finals come around, they hike the price up. Something that Melbourne's done for a while. Mm. Melbourne's hiked the price up, and I know the members always complained and said, "What like what is the necessary? Why, why are we doing this?" And we don't know the logistics behind the scenes and the finances that go on. But this isn't an easy decision by Sydney to give. Well, it's an easy decision, in, in my opinion, of how they're trying to re- relate with the fans and get people to the games. But there's a financial hit that will most likely be, a, be taken with this as well. Oh, for sure. But this is what you need. When we talk about if you finish top and you go to the grand finals and you're going to be the home team for the three of the games, that first game is going to be a struggle to get tickets, uh, to get fans, sorry. Because... Yep. They have at least yeah. one game in the bank. Perth fans, if Sydney had won, almost like, well, we have to go to game two because there may not be a game four. So that game one is so hard to get tickets and fans for. So they did a great job and that's the way to do it. I think it's the same for game three, isn't it? I think I've read Yeah, not a bit. Yeah. It's, a, it's a flatline thing. And look, I've had my differences with, with Paul Smith and, mm. and whatnot on Twitter and all that sort of stuff and still remain to have, my, to have my differences with him and, and the way yeah. he goes about things and the way Sydney go about things in certain ways. But he's endeared himself in the way that he's gone about these ticket prices, the stuff that he appears to be doing for the AAP Associated Press uh, journos that have lost their job after the closure there. So there's, look, I have no doubt this is a good man. <laughs> and I have my differences with him on a basketball sense and, and yeah. a few other senses. But but that is but this is what some, some, this some is great what, stuff that he's doing for basketball. From in what he in said and, and from other Sydney people, Chris Pongas as well, because they're in a they're an AFL rugby dominated. It's the place. toughest market, toughest, toughest market, and to that's build a exactly what team. they have to do. And as you're right, they're taking a financial hit for to do this. And it's the Sydney fans are jumping on board. They're loving it, and it's yeah. building. So good, great to them. And hopefully they get a couple more games there. We everyone wants to see five games in this. Come on. Well, so I, want to, I want to see Sydney yeah. win, but right now with the way that the Kings have acted and the way the Kings are playing, I don't know, Perth in three maybe. Nah, no way. <laughs> There's no way that anyone nah. lets that game go just uh, just three games. But anyway, over to the NBA. Will coronavirus empty stadiums? I don't think we have to worry about this in the NBL. I think we the time span until it is over, 
yeah, we're not going to get to any sort of pandemic. We're not at an holocult. But it is. It's, it's not going to get to any it's pandemic inevitable. level. It is inevitable that the NBA games will be played behind closed doors. Do you doors. think that it gets to that point? Yes, without a doubt. Or, or is it all getting... And I'm no medical professional. But I'm just saying in terms of you look at the way that the... You know the NBA has reacted so far. I just, I just can't see it happening. What Woj I can't came, see the US letting it get to that point. I think it's too late. From what Woj was saying, it's, it's going to happen eventually, sooner rather than later. They'll, there will be some games. You just hope it's not the playoffs. You hope it's sorted, even if they can do a couple. I wouldn't of games mind the playoffs. That. I was talking about this earlier in the office. I would love to see the statistics. Say if there was a stretch of yeah, t- 10, 12 mm. games in the NBA for each team. So ten, that's a decent sample size when we talk about NBA production. Mm. To see what players significantly step up and what players significantly drop off when there are no fans in the stands. It'll be it'll be, it'll be crazy there'd, there'd be players that would significantly drop down and there are players that would significantly play better. Well, it's it's practice. That's yeah, what it it's is. Literally, the practice. It's, it's glory. It's a uh, preseason game. Is the what it is. Kings. So it'll be. I think it's happening. I don't, it's not a hot or cold thing, but hot. <laughs> it's gonna happen, and I think it's gonna be sad. You see, what? Italy shut down. <laughs> We yeah, Italy's shut down. Italy's this, done. And this. Um, but yeah, I think it's the inevitable sad reality that it'll happen. It's already happening. MLB, NHL is going to be the same. It's going to be We're crazy. for an interesting couple of months in the sporting world. Where's your money going, Pete? Perth. Perth, This uh, I know there's no money out for game three yet, but I think Sydney win that one at home. Force a game four. But I think Perth. Yeah, I've got Perth, Sienna, and I'm sort of going, again, I think that Sydney have a decent chance here. I think that if they can rally themselves together, they have a decent chance. But the market where I see value is 11 plus for Perth because Ooh. Sydney have shown, when you look at all this stuff where how much outside influence seems to affect this Kings team, the way they react, the way they comment on social media, that's how teams implode. I disagree. That's how they got down in game two by so much because they imploded. You were there courtside oh, they yelling at each sure. other. Yeah. They imploded. If they're down in such a crucial game, I can see that happening again, and that's why I look at that eleven plus market. It's not do I do I think it's definitely going to happen? No, I, I think, think there's a chance when you talk about value. No, I think they'll be all right, and I don't think I'll get over the line because when they played um, without Bogues in the last regular season game in Perth, and they really did, they really showed up. And so if they can emulate some of that energy, and that came from Deshaun Tate, if they can start with him and just ride his wave. They, they might be in with a chance but you can't write off Perth Perth are going in no no, and doing no, what and they're no doing. one's writing off Perth in any sense no sorry on on this game I'm back in Perth it's going to be an exciting one I got the Wildcats anyway thank you for tuning in we're going to jump off now and we'll be back next week and what, how many games will there be until we're back next week two two more games see maybe we should, probably should have done this one you know one every game you tell, mate, you're the boss will. mate I'm the, the boss. boss that's right about time I got the respect I deserve thanks for tuning in we will see you next week